Hey everyone, this is Across the Aisle. Sometimes we crowd it, sometimes we cross it. I'm Zach. I'm Adam. And I'm Kason. Thank you all for joining us for our introduction episode. By now, hopefully you've checked out the pilot uh, across the universe. Is it in the Beatles? <laughs> it's not the Beatles. You know, I typed in across the universe today when I was looking for our podcast to show someone. I don't know why I start typing across. I'm not even a Beatles fan. Um, you checked out our episode on artificial intelligence, intelligence, which I thought was pretty fun. I enjoyed recording it a lot. And, you know, now we wanted to tell you a little bit about who we are, why we chose to do this podcast. Um... And give you a little bit of information about us so you know where we're coming from. Yeah. I, for one, will just want to start off by saying I am angry at specifically Elon Musk for waiting until after our podcast. He knew. He knew (laughs) to wait because now everyone's talking about artificial intelligence. I'm not saying we started it or that Elon Musk watches us. I'm just saying he might. (laughs) But as you can see from my very weird sense of humor, I am Zach, of course. If you already know me, you probably know from the very weird voice and pattern and jokes and everything, including this. Uh, I am a comrade of Adam's. I am, in fact, a communist. If that turns you off, that's fine. You you can have your opinion. Um, you're wrong. That's cool. <laughs> but uh, we all know that communism is uh, the best and it'll rise again. Um, yeah, my, my name's Kaysen. I'm uh, um, the resident immigrant in this group. I'm a whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Where were you born, sir? I was born here. My father was born in Australia. <laughs> that does not count. I was born in Montego Bay, Jamaica. Um, I immigrated to the United States when I was um, eight years old, and I grew up in upstate New York. And uh, I think that the immigrant experience has done a lot to inform um, you know, my thoughts on politics. And I mean, I've been really politically involved since I got here, mainly because I had to be to become a citizen. You had to learn a lot of stuff. And um, it's always interesting dealing with people that don't know I'm an immigrant, that just say stuff. And I'm just like, that's not how that works, dude. That's not how that works at all. Yeah, to become a citizen, you had to actually learn the stuff a lot of people just uh, copied in their high school, like, half a semester <laughs> civics class. Oh, well, what I find to be interesting about that was in my freshman year of high school, my uh, social studies teacher of the time, Mr. Bryant, he actually had us take a citizenship test that he didn't tell us what a citizenship he just gave us a 10 question quiz like towards the beginning of the year and then was essentially like okay if you got one answer right stand up and had everyone stand up and if you got six you passed i was the only person who got six (laughs) and i'm pretty sure that was just dumb luck I'm I'm 80% sure that the only reason I did that was because I guessed. I'm just like, I think it's Thomas Jefferson. I can't remember. And it's weird that all of these people talk about immigration but haven't even bothered to take the test. I've gone back and taken it, and I've barely passed, and I've lived here my entire life. It's a complicated process, and it's an expensive process, but, I mean, uh, it taught me a lot, and I think that I appreciate being an American now going through the process and understanding what it takes to, you know, become an American citizen. So, um, 
it's been a really interesting process. It's been a really interesting experience. And now I get to use that experience in my conversations and educating people and, you know, in the way that I look at governmental processes in, in general. So, yeah, so Kaysen's probably the only one of us qualified to be a citizen. Zach yeah. and I were just born here. Yeah. But what qualifies us to have a podcast? You know, we have a lot of unique opinions on stuff. Maybe they're not unique. I don't know. Um, but, we're both you know, communists. We're not, we're yeah, not allowed we're, to exist in America. This is Trump's America. We need to get out. We're not authorities on anything. Um, I think a lot of... The, our ideas around this develop because we have good conversations quite often with uh, each other and big diverse groups of people. I've noticed when the three of us get together at a kava bar or something, and we start talking, people end up coming around us and joining the conversation. Um, but personally, we're all just people. I, I'm an artist. I'm 27 years old. I make visual art, uh, multimedia stuff, uh, different different drawings, collage, painting. I've written poetry for quite some time. Sometimes that goes into essays and political stuff. Um, I also work at a grocery store in order to pay rent and stuff because writing poetry sure doesn't pay anything. <laughs> what? This is America. You can get rich doing anything. The capitalists told me. Uh, I'm Zach. I am the resident super communist, as people generally refer to me. I have said that for my birthday, somebody really needs to buy me a t-shirt that says you're friendly neighborhood communist, and I would wear that every day I possibly could. I'm on it. <laughs> and the thing with me is... It has to be union made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it has to be made by... Well, he's an immigrant. That makes him a thousand times more qualified. Done and done. Uh, the, the thing with me, I don't like claiming that I am much of anything. I'm, at the time of this recording, only 20 in my... 21st birthday is in two weeks, so I'm not really an authority on anything. I was just the kid that sat in the corner reading a lot of weird books, being obsessed with JFK since I was, like, 12, I would say. Um, used to be my favorite president. Now it's Andrew Jackson. I know he did terrible <laughs> shit. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Andrew Jackson. Here's my thing. What? Andrew Jackson is the greatest president specifically because there have been numerous times, I'm not sure exactly how credible it is, but there were numerous newspapers that, after his inauguration, claimed that he disappeared into the forest for anywhere between seven days to a month on a drunken rampage and didn't come back. Here's another thing about Andrew Jackson. When he, he massacred was, a bunch of Indians. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. When he was interviewed and asked, what is your deepest regret in life? He said, I didn't shoot Henry Clay, and I didn't hang John Calhoun. Here's the thing. Calhoun, his vice president. <laughs> so, we're, if we're going to just go by coolness, yeah, piece of shit. Total piece of shit. Horrible human being. Is he, is he worse than Trump? Mm. That's the argument. Is he? No. I... If, if the ghost of Andrew Jackson could be president, I would vote for him twice. <laughs> I would vote and then illegally vote. And then I would bring people from Cuba to vote for him. Mm. Just to piss everybody off. Well, that's a <laughs> tactic I wasn't uh, prepared to embrace today. Um, uh, so, w what are y'all's goals about having this podcast? You know, why, why do it? I mean, I know there's reasons why we 
initially wanted to, but what do you hope to get out of it? Well, for me, not to hog the mic, but for me, I've been thinking for ever since ever ever since I got out of high school, what exactly it was I would like to do. And I thought about getting into politics. I thought about going into the art world. I thought about maybe even making movies at some point. I'm very big into film and movies and stuff like that. I even one time contemplated seeing exactly what it would be to get into the comic world writing comic mm-hmm. books. And then I realized that you pretty much have two options and that suck Marvel or DC's cock for 15 years until eventually you can get your own or make your own webcomic, except I'm not a very good draw, or I just write. Illustrator, that'd be illustrator. Illustrator, that's the word. Colorist. <laughs> you can be a tracer. I could be a tracer. Probably an inker, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I essentially made the podcast because about six, seven months ago, I was knocking around this idea of starting some kind of forum to talk with, and I wasn't sure if that was going to be a Facebook group or whatever, which is actually when I created across the aisle the Facebook group. It was going to be this thing where we just, I would post articles uh, from the left and the right and have it be to diffuse some of the politics going around, and then I kind of started actually looking into that and looking into what the left media and the right media was posting, and I probably found some of the most amusing things that I just couldn't actually post because the left has a fuckload of fake news the right has a fuckload of fake news i legitimately couldn't find enough viable sources to post articles that would be fair and balanced for both conservatives and leftists from what i assume because i don't want to be unfair and just post fake news articles from conservatives and be like look how stupid you are and i also didn't want to be like oh let's glorify this communist thing like that wasn't what the intention was and then i had a conversation with Kaysen about race relations at Bula for about Bula Cafe uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida, the first kava bar in St. Pete, I believe. In the, um, in the country? Was it in the country? I'm not sure. No, was it, it was not, like the second or third, yeah, second in, the or third in the country. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think the knock was continental. The, yeah, was the first one. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we'll be doing a kava bar. Yeah. Episode eventually. So. Yeah, yeah, we're doing a kava uh, bar. Our next one, I think, will be about the kava community at large. Yep, and we're also going to talk about the the legal issues going on with Kratom as well on top of that, but. Essentially, after that hour-and-a-half-long discussion with Kaysen, where we had these people kind of gathering around listening to us just talk about race relations, I looked at Kaysen, and I was like, hey, want to do a podcast? And he said, yeah. And then it was kind of a joke, but it wasn't. <laughs> and Kaysen decided to agree, which, I mean, now you're stuck with it. Now you can't. You can't <laughs> go away. I'm an agreeable dude. <laughs> that is my downfall. So... Kaysen, why did you get onto the uh, the podcast? Why, why why did you say yes to this crazy communist 20-year-old bastard? <laughs> well, you know, we always end up having these really interesting and deep conversations, and I feel as though a lot of the times after a conversation happens, or even during a conversation, I find myself changing my thoughts on things that I thought, you know, like ideas that I thought I knew, um, you know, like subjects that I thought I had an interest in, um, Things I thought I understood, I found myself kind of like, okay, well, that's not really what I thought it was, and I'm I'm kind of opening up myself to different ideas, to different, um, you know, different ideas, and I think that that was a draw for me, is that I want to be the kind of person that is open to learning things. I want to be the kind of person that is not just stuck in, this is what is right, and I, that's what it is. 
there has been so many different people in the Kava community. There's so many different people that I've met. And just by having a good conversation, I have become a better person, in my opinion, and I've opened myself up to new ideas. Uh, you know, I talk to people that completely don't agree with me, and, it, and we can get into passionate discussions, and I don't come across being upset or angry at that person. I come across with a better understanding of them and myself. And I think that having discussions like this and going through the process of listening to someone, not just, you know, I want to listen to you so that I can find a flaw in your argument so I can diffuse it or defeat it, listening to you with an open mind to being like, whoa, this could actually change the way that I think. And I'm open to changing the way that I think. I think we've lost a lot of that in our discourse in general, not only political discourse, but discourse in general, is that we decide that this is what we are, this is what we're going to do, and there's no changing that. And we're always going to change. Part of the process of being a human being is changing. Are you going to, you know, battle everything that comes at you? Or are you going to look at things from an objective standpoint and be like, well, maybe this part of the process is good, or maybe this part of the process isn't good? Um, and I think that that was real, the real um, draw to me for, for the podcast is just the conversation I've had with you, conversations I've had with Adam, conversations I've had with, you know, Mohammed and Matt and a lot of the people in the Kava community that have kind of like changed my mind on things when it comes to politics or in, in, on life in general. I think about things a lot differently than I used to. And I think that it's always a good thing to open yourself up to other ideas. Absolutely. I, um, I agreed to this podcast. I thought it was a great idea and wanted to contribute to it. Mostly because, so this is something I've been struggling with, kind of are coming to terms with the past five or six years or so is I believe the world is truly at a turning point. You hear this buzzword like post-truth or whatever. Um, and then, you know, it gets a lot of backlash of no, you know, We've always been post-truth, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's always been competing ideas. But I think we're truly at a point now, we can call it post-enlightenment, post-modernity or whatever, where people are willing to not only change their minds and be more open, but completely change their minds. The fabric of reality, to sound very, you know, uh, occultist, is changing right now. We're at a point where... One of the largest um, podcasters or videocasters out there is Alex Jones, who is telling people about transdimensional beings ruling our Earth and tying it in with aliens and politics and AI. history, AI, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. Um, and there's a large percentage of people that believe that, that are willing to completely rewrite reality itself, not only the way they think about some social issue. So I think we're in a meme war. Um, memes not being just those internet things, which are a really good uh, way to show what a meme is, but the larger ideas of society, of religion, of every song Specifically you hear. what Richard Dawkins was specifying yeah. when he coined the goddamn term. Yeah, those are memes. Um, so we're in an, an era where ideas matter more than ever, and I want to take that time with y'all, because we have similar views, not all the same, to really discuss ideas and flesh out philosophies, ask difficult questions, rather than try to urge people to act with all this, like, you know, you do this now, this is here, this is here. We need to think about stuff. We need to have those conversations. Yeah, the only thing that 
I would add on to that is I don't believe that people like to use the term post-truth because we've kind of moved away from this fact-based reasoning that we've had for so long and more moved into what I believe is this second enlightenment period where people are getting into philosophy and there's a large saying that essentially a meme now of staying woke and you have looking into government conspiracies, looking into how uh, one thing I was looking into uh, just yesterday was this idea of Twitter throttling where Twitter is not so much censoring tweets, but their algorithm will tell people who's more likely to tweet from you and then get the information that you're putting out there. And then they'll make, they'll make the tweet say, tweet unavailable. So you think, oh, it's been deleted or gone, when really all you have to do is click on the link that's the Twitter link, and then it'll bring you to that, and then you can go there. People have experienced drops of the hundreds of thousands of retweets and likes over uh, things that are controversial, whether they're conservative or liberal or it's something that would be taboo to talk about or whatever, uh, as a means in their perspective from what I've gathered of slowing down fake news, slowing down bullshit conspiracies. But the issue with that is, yeah, fake news is a large issue, but it does get to this thought of, People are going to believe whatever they want. They have their predisposition. If they want to believe that Obama's a Muslim, they'll believe Obama's a Muslim. If they want to believe that Trump is a lizard man, they'll believe that Trump is a lizard man. It doesn't matter what you tell them or what you present to them because that's their predisposition. They want to believe it, so it's real. I mean, one of the most famous fucking Alex Jones quotes is they're putting they're putting chemicals in the water and turning the frogs gay. They're turning the frogs gay. Like, that... That's a legitimate thing this to This is what a human being looks like. Yeah. It, shit like that. And, I mean, I would honestly say that there have been some times where even I kind of disagree with the Young Turks because I think they've gone into not so much fake news but following leads which are obviously empty or, I guess the word I'm looking for is just accusational. It's just, oh, this person might have said this, therefore they're that. Creating and, something for clicks. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I like the Young Turks. I like um, a decent amount. But yeah, I disagree with them all the time on certain things. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just because they're trying <laughs> to go to that the, the populist left ideas of we're going to talk about the elites and the elites are bad and we're going to continue to talk about the elites just like Alex Jones does. People like to say that, oh, that elite class bullshit is just communist stuff, yet someone like Alex Jones and a lot of conservatives talk about the hyper-elite and how they're controlling everything, and they're destroying capitalism as we know it, turned into crony capitalism. And they're not necessarily wrong. They just take that to the level of interdimensional aliens and reptiles that are ruling the planet and how Hillary Clinton is literally eating the souls of babies. And that's fine. If, <laughs> if you're predisposed to believe that, that's, that's totally fine. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not against having larger metaphysical um, or, you know, we use the word conspiracy, conversations. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's a very interesting topic, and I'll entertain it for a little bit. But So I think what, what's going to separate us largely from those types of shows, both Alex Jones or The Young Turks, is... 
At least it seems to me our goal is not to act as those authority figures and tell people. They're both seems to be telling people what's right, what's wrong, acting like they know, um, and giving you a very on-the-minute, spot-on, like, here's the headlines, here's what I think, here's what you should think kind of thing, and we're going for a little bit more discussion, a little more deeper thought and thinking. We're not going to be a political show. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff that's not politics. Um, Now, social issues are going to come up within each thing. Our AI issue touches on racism Racism. and all sorts of other issues. Uh, But those are interconnected in society, and they're not going to be avoided at all. We have to bring that stuff up. Yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of varying topics as much as possible. We specifically had a long talk before we started this where it's like, oh, what is our theme going to be? Where I I guess I kind of put my foot down and said I don't want there to be a solid theme. We'll just talk about stuff as it comes out, giving our own perspectives, researching it. Because I truly don't care if you're a full-fledged, you have a giant ANCAP tattoo on your forehead. That's fine. You don't have to be a communist to listen to the show. You don't have to be on the left to listen to this show you we're not going to tell you how to think we're just going to present what we think and how we think honestly the only thing i think is true is that you're not allowed to say voyager is the best star trek because it isn't that's the only uh, it's better than enterprise <laughs> no it's better than enterprise well it's still not the best no of course not. Deep Space Nine is. <laughs> Get the fuck out of this goddamn podcast. It absolutely is. Gold Ducat, whoa. Oh, no. I, I will Trotsky you. I will so, get the ice pick. So, you guys know a little bit more about us. Um, we're looking to engage you just as much. We want um, to push for art projects to come out of this. More discussion. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Um, what issues we should explore, what needs to be explored by other people. Yeah, uh, you can email us at acrosstheiopodcast at gmail.com if you were to send us anything, whether it's just a straight-up email or a topic, or if you wanted to send us a YouTube video or a news article that you think we would find interesting or that you would like us to discuss, we'll see if it'll apply to the next episode or if we might save it for the future episode. Um, The only thing that I would say is if you really want to engage with us, you can always like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter that we just put up, which is across the line on the bottom. Underscore? Underscore. Underscore. That's the word. It's across the underscore. Across across underscore aisle. This is why I have these two people. If it was just me talking, I might just turn into communist Alex Jones. Oh, no, 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 no. Would never let... That would kill you first. Thank you. I, 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 I genuinely appreciate that. Cason, uh, do you have anything else that you want to add or talk um, about? I know that you've, you've been in the photography world. You've worked for the I city mean, before. I've you've done, done a lot, lot of stuff. stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I worked for the city of St. Pete for a, a long time. It's a great job. Um, I worked with um, middle school, high school teens. Um, it was a great job. I, I liked what I did. Um, now I'm a... Uh, advisor over at St. Petersburg College for admission, um, and uh, that's, that's kind of an interesting job as well, but um, I've done photography, I've done graphic design, um, uh, I've done logo creation, I've done, I've done a ton of stuff, 
I'm still trying to figure out at 33 what I want to do with my life. So it's an ongoing process of doing things and learning things. And I love art. I love, you know, like one of the things I like uh, a lot about Adam is that he's a phenomenal artist and he just has really interesting ways of looking at the world. Um, so I like that perspective and I like being around other artists. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, just basically trying to figure out and see what I want to do with myself. I truly understand that. Um, this is going to be a slightly shorter one. The only topic I did want to kind of discuss, and I don't mean to throw it on you guys, but when it comes to where you feel the world is going, not in a political sense, and in a very objective sense of the world as a whole, where do you think the world is going? Because I think that's the best way to kind of understand an individual and what they think because if we just said, oh, I think the world's going to dis- get destroyed because of Obama or because of Hillary Clinton or because of Trump or because of Breitbart or whatever, I don't think that really tells us about you. That just tells us about your politics, which are totally separate things. And while some people are really stuck to their politics and it kind of makes it part of their identity, what do you guys think about the world and where it's going in a social way in a cultural way in an economic sense possibly maybe in an art sense i know adam's way more in touch with the art world than i am and casey you're probably more versed in sociology and just psychology in general than i probably ever will be because you have what yay college yeah you have 14 (laughs) years ahead of me and i think that when it comes to you know where the world is going I like to be as hopeful as possible because on the one hand, there's a lot of things that I've seen that are very disturbing. And I think also, you know, like I talk to my girlfriend a lot about, you know, where I see things going. And I think that she kind of is a little bit, it, it's, the, the recent developments have been harder on her mainly because I think that she was a lot more hopeful than I am. And I think that being black, I kind of just like, yeah, that's the way it is. Like, you know, she's like, Oh, the world, you know, like, I didn't know people were racist. I'm like, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I knew that. And it's, uh, black people know that. <laughs> and, it, but I, I'm also kind of hopeful because I see there's a lot of people that are very thoughtful and there's a lot of people that are willing to see things from a different perspective and they're pushing towards change. I mean, I've never seen in my lifetime, and, and I've been, I mean, I've been involved in politics when I became a citizen of the U.S. Um, I've, I've been involved in politics since then, but I've never seen people so actively involved in politics, like ever. There, you can you can talk to regular people on the street that know members of the like the presidential cabinet. That's never happened in my lifetime, and that's kind of inspiring. People are actually paying attention, and people are actually learning about how our government works. And people are actually calling, to getting to know their Congress people and getting to know their state reps and getting to know their city council members and their mayors and actually finding out how they're being represented and not just casting a ballot and then, you know, going away and, you know, waiting for things to happen. So I think people are learning more about different cultures. They're learning more about different people. They're learning more about how their states and things run. So I feel like that's a really hopeful thing that I'm seeing. People are getting more woke. And I think that what, you can't unring a bell. So once you know people start thinking about these things, I don't think it's going to be easy for them to go back to just kind of ignoring what's going on. Yeah. Once uh, unpleasant 
fact, no matter how well known, is said out loud in public, it changes everything. Yeah, you can't. Um, I see the world... I don't know. I... I'm relatively optimistic. I fight for... I'm a bit of a utopianist, for sure. So I'm fighting for a bigger thing. But, um, you know, I don't necessarily think it's coming. The light at the end of the tunnel could be a fast-approaching train. And I just want to prepare for that. I guess I have a more nihilistic view, on average, just in general. Not because I don't like positivity or I think that optimism is stupid, but simply because... People pointing out a lot, because it is true, people are getting more politically active, and this is the first time in, I would say, 50, 60 years that people have been this politically active, understanding how this works. I've talked with numerous people in their 40s and 50s who are saying this is the first time since they were a teenager that anybody they knew other than, like, their dad could name multiple members of the government, not just the president and then... Maybe a couple justices that they saw on TV, but their local representatives, the local judges. And with me, I see that the society that has been set up where the younger generation is getting more politically active, the younger generation is becoming a lot more socially active, and not in a political sense, in a, with social media, it's in some effects made us very, very distant from a study-wise looking at how people have been getting interested in the art world like never before. The hippies had their movement that was a very artistic and political synchronous movement that was two things at once, the peace and love movement, the free love movement, the summer of love, all of that. We're seeing that in a much different way because with the advent of the internet and interconnectivity, we're kind of starting to realize that a majority of people are really, really ignorant. Not so much stupid, they're just ignorant. Or they're very, very stuck in their beliefs. And the direction I see the world going is kind of bad. I feel like either the radical left, which is just, in my opinion, just as bad as the radical right, is starting to take over from a political standpoint. And I think that when it comes to this idea of moderation and compromise, it seems to be absent nowadays. It's a lot of things are black and white, nuances don't exist, and whether that's artistic in that ever since the postmodern movement of the 60s, artistically, we've kind of moved into this neo-postmodern or post-postmodern, whatever you want to call it, where now we're just laughing at laughing at laughing at art. Most memes nowadays that are most shared are these super meta jokes about meta jokes. A lot of things now, we're glorifying all these stupid people and making fun of it because we are actively seeking this escapism which hasn't really existed since before the internet. You had to pick up a book and read to get into a new world. Jokes had to be told to you. You had to go to a comedy store. You had to go to a comedy uh, bar or whatever. And sit down and get to that escapism. And with the internet, that's just a thousand times easier. It is easier than ever to escape from reality, and I feel like that's bled both into politics and to our society. Because, yeah, people are more politically active and they know more about politics, but I don't always think that's a good thing. Not because I disagree with some of those people, but because 
feeling like you have to know about politics, I think is kind of dangerous because it forces you to have an opinion that you might not fully understand or you looked at three people that all agreed and said, yep, that's it because I read three things. And even I have confirmation bias at times where I'll read an article and go, yeah, but what about this? And then I'll Google it and be like, oh, yeah. But I still try to be objective and take into account, oh, well, maybe that conservative idea is right or maybe that liberal idea is right. And I think that politics has kind of sunk into our society way more now because you have the section of the population that is super into politics, everything's political, everything's in society. We all need to be politically active. You have to pick a side. You have to pick a side. And then you have the, oh, look at this cat. <laughs> and that's really the two kinds of people. And sometimes they intertwine, like my favorite libertarian, Muhammad, who is obsessed with cats and also politics. <laughs> Plug for The Muddied Waters of Freedom, which you can also find on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. They're really good friends of ours, even if they're, yeah, they're really filthy, awesome. <laughs> filthy capitalist pigs. Uh, <laughs> but to wrap it up, Adam... The world is morphing so fast, the Enlightenment seems Jurassic. We're bombarded with so much information and demanded upon to act with immediacy, or dope ourselves with opiates, extracted, synthesized, or metaphorical. In this world of gifts, we insist on resisting the loop to favor the spiral. Our goal is complex, but the task is not. We need simply to make conversation intelligent again taking the time to think and to talk. We will engage with changing re- the changing reality through philosophy, technology, art, mimetics, history, and culture, high and pop. We will reach across the aisle and discover what kind of compromises we are prepared to make with the future, each other, and the universe. Across the Aisle is written, produced, and hosted by Adam, Jason, and Zach. In St. Petersburg, Florida, we'd like to welcome our new sound engineer, Kyle Sundstrom, and shout out to Bosfi Studios, our sponsor, and Chimatic Studios, a partner in which we are recording in their studios right now. If you want to send us in your view of the world and where it's going, totally send it in. Love you guys. 